on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. We break down the odds to win the Big 12 championship in 2023. Then it's time for football guys talking softball, and we finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hostie, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, May 15th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of May, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now recording this Sunday afternoon, please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment and make sure you're leaving five-star reviews for all the mothers out there. Ted, let's go. Happy Mother's Day. Anyone out there that is a mother that is listening. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Um, Not the best weather for a Mother's Day. Oh, don't even, don't even get me started. The Mother's Day tradition. So my mother-in-law, big golfer, loves golf and we always go out. We play golf. Rained out. Mm. awful i'm sick of this weather is this how we're starting this podcast i feel (laughs) my my son his my son will be three weeks old tomorrow i feel like it's rained every day of his life it's insane needs to stop it's ridiculous it's been a lot a lot of water coming down but hopefully there's an end in sight soon i mean that's if that's all we've got to complain about i guess we're doing pretty good yeah i'm with you so happy mother's day to all the moms out there it's the simplest way to put it I don't know how you do it. Y'all are incredible. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> yeah, y'all the truth. are. I mean, you are incredible. So as far as OU stuff right now, uh, the the players aren't even, they're not on campus, right? The school's out. It's it's those few, it's those few weeks where you get just a moment to breathe as a college football player. So it is now June 1st is coming quick. Like it always does, but really the only, the only OU thing there is to talk about right now, Ted is we got, we got some big 12 championship odds that got released. So FanDuel released the odds to win the big 12 championship in 2023. And I've, we've warned people prepare for the Texas hype. 
it is it is coming in a big way. And Texas is the favorite to win the Big 12 championship in 2023 at plus 115. Oklahoma checking in with the second best odds at plus 330. Kansas State is plus 470. Texas Tech is plus 1200. TCU and Baylor, both plus 2000. Iowa State and Kansas, both plus 4,000. UCF and Cincinnati, plus 5,000. Oklahoma State, all the way down there with the 11th best odds at plus 6,000. West Virginia at plus 7,000. Houston at plus 8,000. And then BYU, the caboose, the Cougars caboose, at plus 10,000 to win the Big 12 championship. Ted, let let's talk about let's talk about OU having the second best odds first. What do you think? I it's hard to knock. Um, I mean, it's it's I think it's less about how good do they think the team is versus who's the team that's won it the most times over you know the recent history, and it's Oklahoma. And you feel like there's going to be a, a strong bounce back from them and they'll have an opportunity to compete in the conference. So it's not shocking that they're up there where they are. Um, you know, I, I understand when Texas is the favorite. I mean, I, I get that. Uh, there's probably a, a big group of that fan base that's wanting to put some money down on it, so you don't want to give it very good odds. They got a strong roster, got a quarterback coming back. You know, there's there's plenty of things if you want to – uh, you know, start checking them that that Texas has going for them. I'm not going to be picking them to win the conference, but I guess I I I can understand where Oklahoma is uh, being number two. That's about the range where they should be. Yeah, I, I think when when you look at it and you see Texas and Oklahoma at the top of the odds, it's just one of those. Okay, what's new, right? I mean, that just in the history of this conference for the vast majority of the years, that that's usually how it feels going into the year. And it has everything to do with Oklahoma and Texas having the most talented rosters. Now recruiting rankings, while they're very important and stars do matter, it's, it's not the only thing that matters, mm -hmm. right? You got to stay healthy. You got to win your close games. Like there's all these different things right, that, that factor into getting yourself into a position to play for a Big 12 championship. But, yeah, it it's no surprise to me to see Texas at the top of the list, and it's really not that big of a surprise to see Oklahoma second because, remember, 14 Big 12 championships, and the next schools that have the next most have three. So, right. yeah, I mean, it's just been dominance for Oklahoma in this league, but Kansas State's got to be sitting there at, at third and Chris Clement's got to be going, thank you. Thank you so much. Like just a little, just a little bit, right. They're not being slept on that much, but he can still go, Hey, look, everyone still thinks Texas and Oklahoma are better than you guys. Even though you wanted a year ago, doesn't matter. Everyone still thinks you guys suck. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing with TCU, right? TCU. Oh my gosh. They, uh, make it to the big 12 championship game after a really good season, make it to the national championship game. First big 12 team to win a, a playoff semifinal. And uh, they're down at number five tied for uh, that at plus 2000. 
which I'm not saying that that's a bad spot to be in, but you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing with that team feeling uh, slapped around a little bit disrespected uh, perhaps. Oh, there, there's no doubt about it. And when you think about if you wanted to lay down some money on this, right. It, and I'm sure there's a lot of OU fans are going, I'm putting it on the Sooners and I completely understand that. But these future bets, right? When, when you talk to guys that are that are really into sports betting, they're they're always looking for value, right? And I I think TCU at plus two thousand is pretty interesting. And I I know they lost all those guys. What was it? Eight draft picks mm-hmm. off that team. I understand that they won just an unbelievable amount of close games a year ago. But there's also there's also the possibility that Chandler Morris goes out there and absolutely lights it up. He won the starting job last year for a reason, you right. know, uh, I'm with you. So I, and one thing like you, you go back to Gary Patterson's last year and it was almost like, okay, do they just not have good players anymore? Or like what's going on? Like they're playing bad defense. I, I remember having those conversations, but Last year, it, it was clear, like, no, Gary Patterson, that team that lost all those games in his last year, like, they had talent. They just maybe had kind of tuned them out and checked out on them. Yeah. Right? And, and then they made the change. Now, Sonny Dyke added some portal pieces, right? But that makes me think, like, seeing what we saw last year, even with all those guys they lost in the NFL, it makes me think there's probably still a lot of talent on that roster. Yeah. Right, that Patterson had, right, and, and that, and that Sonny Dykes has brought in through traditional recruiting and the portal. Like, I don't, I don't think all of a sudden TCU is just going to be a a terrible roster that lacks talent. You know what I mean? No, I agree. I, they've they've done some good stuff there. They've developed some good players. Um, you know, they caught a lot of attention with their nice run. Did some things in the transfer portal. Um, you know, it's for them. It's a lot of it's going to depend on quarterback. I think their defense has a chance to be pretty good, even though they lost some guys too. I thought the two inside backers were gone. I think they're both back, right? Jamoy Hodge and Johnny Hodges, dude. Both back. You know how much I love Jamoy Hodge. Just a targeting call waiting to happen. Love how that dude plays inside backer. Yeah, have your backup quarterback ready to roll whenever you're playing TCU. They knocked out pretty much every quarterback in the league last year for at least a, a little while. So, yeah, man, it, they're they're one of those really fascinating cases. I mean, really, Texas Tech, who's got the fourth best odds at plus 1,200, like that's another team that I just – I don't know how do you place them. You know, they lose a, a top-10 draft pick, which they've – had very few over the history of their their program last year 10 of 11 starters i think were seniors on that defense um you know they've lost a lot of those guys i think joey mcguire's done a good job there but are they in a position right now where they could absorb that amount of losses off that football team both running backs i believe uh, are gone guys that carried the football a ton for them so Tech seems a little bit high, in my opinion, at fourth best odds. I I completely agree with that. And one of my favorite things about the way that Tech's schedule lays out, we're going to know a whole lot about them in week two. Yeah. They get Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll know a lot about that team at that point. But I 
the more I hear, you know, stuff coming out of Lubbock, it sounds like Tyler Shuck's going to be the guy at quarterback and not Baron Morton. And I just, I have a really tough time trusting that he's, that he's going to stay healthy and just hasn't been able to do it a lot during his career. So I, I understand the hype around Joey McGuire. Like the dude's energy is infectious. He's very easy to root for, right? I mean, he's very easy to root for, but I think it's going to take some time there. Yeah, he had a really successful year one. Eight wins, that, w- that was fantastic for that program. But I-, I do think it's going to take some time for him to stack some talent there, right? And, and to develop the depth that that I believe it takes to, you know, and you got to have some luck too, but you, you got to have some depth to go win a Big 12 title. And I just... I they're going to be they're going to be the dark horse team going into the season. I know they are. There's going to be a lot of hype around them, and I'm just I'm not buying it, man. I, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna take some time. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, any of the long odds teams stand out for you? I mean, there, there's a couple of interesting things. Like, okay, Iowa State is plus four thousand. I don't think Iowa State's going to win the conference. Near do but I. You, but you know you're getting the best defense, right? right that's, that's something. That's right? that's what we talked about. It's very similar to what we talked about. What they were over under five and a half win total, right? It's like, yeah. hey, they're gonna have a chance at a lot of games because I know this about them. John Haycock's gonna have that defense ready to roll. That's right. And so they're gonna be one of the top two or three defenses in all this major statistical categories, and that's gonna give you a chance. It's always yeah. gonna give you a chance. I, I still, I, I just, I can't envision it. Um, no. And it's the same thing. Like Kansas is plus 4,000. Kansas, I rarely do you get the best quarterback in a conference and a team at plus 4,000 to win the league. Now, no way do I think Kansas is going to win the conference. I think they're going to be tough. And uh, even if he gets hurt, you know, they've, uh, being at, at backup is is really good. I think they're going to be better than they were a year ago. They I agree with got that. A little bit of confidence, and I I can't throw I can't throw uh, down on a plus four thousand dollar bet. But I don't. It's it's rare that you get the best defense at plus four thousand, and you get the best quarterback in the conference at plus four thousand. Yeah. No, and I think it just it says it says a lot about the unknown going into this year here in the big 12. I think it's, I just think it's kind of up in the air coming into the season. And that's why one of when you're looking for value in this, like you look at Houston at plus 8,000, they had a really disappointing year last year, right? Came into that year with all kinds of hype and very much underwhelmed under Dana Holgerson. But there also is this small part of me that's like, Wams of Donovan Smith just well, is amazing now in that system. Yeah. But and how if you're just looking for value, you're just looking to put 20 bucks on a team and say, okay, let's see what happens. You know, like hey, plus eight thousand could be kind of fun. You know what I mean? But I I got no idea how Houston is gonna fit in. I, I do think I do think there's I don't think there's much of an advantage, but there's got to be some type of advantage to the fact that Dana spent so much time in the league at West Virginia, like that has to, that has to give him a small advantage over the other three new teams. But 
yeah, I, their quarterback situation. I'm just sitting here going, well, if you can get Donovan Smith to play at his peak, like you can get him to reach his ceiling, the guy's an absolute freak athlete. So I, I mean, if he's just slinging it all around the yard and running it, who knows? Maybe things right. could get interesting for the Cougars. I would not put any money on them, but it's just kind of a fun, fun one to talk through. It is. Um, it, it, the new teams coming in, I'm not shocked that the odds are as long as they are. Um, and frankly, it's, I, I don't know near as much about them. All the other teams, you kind of, you get to know their rosters as, as the years go by. Let me ask you this. Okay. Since the big 12 started the championship game up again, there's been a new team that has made the championship game every single year. Now, the only teams that are left that haven't made the championship game are Tech, Kansas, and West Virginia. Of those three, who's most likely to make the championship game, do you think? I – thanks for the awesome choices, buddy. Jeez. <laughs> I I think West Virginia is by far a distant third in that conversation. Agree. I think between Tech and Kansas – it's it sounds insane, but I I think Kansas has the better coach and the better quarterback. I agree. I agree. And I, it's the better story, you know? And for whatever reason, the better stories are the ones that, that happen. Now, again, I don't think it's gonna happen, but that's been the that's how the Big Twelve championship game has unfolded since it's been reintroduced. Every single year a new team has made it. Yeah, I think I think that streak ends this year. I I'll tell you, if I had to put a bet on any team, I- I'm putting money on Baylor at plus 2,000. Really? J- just hear me out. I-, I feel like, and I know six and seven last year, disappointing. Poor guys had to play an academy in their bowl game. Oh my gosh, that would be the worst thing ever. But it was a disappointing season, right, for Dave Aranda. There's no doubt. Coming off the Big 12 championship year, you're expecting to, you know, kind of, use that momentum it just didn't happen that way but when you go back and look at it they only had one game where it was like uh that's a bad loss and it was uh they, they played k-state k-state just whooped them it was like 31 to 3 or something like that in waco just whooped them but iran made a change at defensive coordinator i i still you, you know how i feel about jeff grimes not offensive system yeah. if blake shapen can be better right? More consistent than he was a year ago. He's a really talented guy. You know, they're going to have speed at the skill positions. Richard Reese back, right? Had a really nice true freshman year last season. So it's been kind of a roller coaster for Dave Aranda. Remember that the COVID year, they were awful. Then they won a big 12 title. They were disappointing again last year. So maybe in the peaks and valleys, the roller coaster that it has been Dave Aranda's tenure there. Maybe maybe it's a it's a peak year. I can't I can't knock that at all. Um, uh, we also we just like the way he coaches. Yeah, like yeah. the way he coaches, like the way his teams play. Uh, physical, uh, typically smart, no nonsense. Um, uh, for me, this is like the homer pick of the of the century. But like. If you're forcing me to lay my last dollar to my name, it's I put it on Oklahoma at plus three thirty. Yeah, I, 
I don't have a whole lot to base it off of, especially whenever you look at last year. Um, I I feel like we're in a much better position defensively, and I think if a handful of things go right offensively, we should have a much more uh, productive and consistent year than we did a year ago. So, I mean, and it just goes back to Oklahoma's one at the most has been the most consistent football team in, in this conference by a million miles. And, you know, rarely do you not get them as the odds on favorite to win it. You get a little bit of value there with them at plus three thirty. So that's where I'd go. Yeah, no. And I, I, it's hard. It's hard to argue against that. The, the my only rebuttal is probably that's exactly how we felt going into last year. <laughs> I know, I know. You and I, I were like, "Hey, not going to skip a beat." I think the thing I kept saying was, "Hey, Venables didn't take this job to go eight and four. I said that a lot. Well, he didn't. It's true. It's true, and <laughs> they did not. They did not get to the eight win mark. But yeah, if I, I think it's. It's very reasonable to expect the offense to be very good. Now, are we talking, you know, Baker level, Kyler level? Those offenses probably not, right? You don't have a you don't have a CD Lamb out there. You don't have a Mark Andrews out there at you know some of these key positions. The offensive line, right, is a bit of a question mark when you go back and you think about those O lines. I mean, those guys were all pros, all pros, not all pros, but all pros. And I, I just, I, I think it's very reasonable to to expect them to be very good on offense. Maybe not elite, but very good. Yeah. The defense is where I, I really think the defense is going to determine kind of the trajectory of this football team. Yeah, I do too. And you know, we were close in a bunch of games, and I know that's what losers say, but. I, if everything else stayed the exact same, which it's not, I would expect our defense to be good enough like to win that West Virginia game, to win the Tech game, uh, to win perhaps the Baylor game, you know, and maybe even the Kansas State game. I, I think the offense should be better uh, just with the way they operate, Dylan Gabriel back. I, I, ha- I think there's a chance, which, you know, it's kind of crazy. You lose, you lose two tackles to the NFL, one of them a first rounder. And maybe I'm crazy. You'll have to tell me, but I feel like there's a pretty solid chance that our offensive line as a group, if some things come together, could be better than the, than the group was last year. Well, you're not crazy. I think the tackle position, right? Let's say Rouse, under Beanbow, Rouse takes a step, right? Mm -hmm. I've watched a lot of what he did at Stanford. He's a solid player, very solid, right? Probably a day three guy with what he's put on tape. If Bill can get him to play with a little more nasty, to play – to play with a little more physicality, all of a sudden he he could be a day two guy, right? With his measurables, we've yeah. we've seen him. The guy looks the part, 
And then Guyton, he has the highest ceiling that alignment at OU's had in quite some time. But he, he, and I've had conversations with a lot of different people, right? People in, you know, people that are scouts for NFL teams, NFL GMs, like coaches. He could be a top 15 pick. I mean, he can be, but he's got, he's got to get there. The key for me is I, I think Andrew Rame's the key. You gotta, you gotta be more consistent at that position. Right. And, and if you get more consistency and a higher level of play, and I'm just not talking about the physical part of it, the mental part of it as well, the leadership piece of it as well, then that can stabilize a line yeah, and really, and really elevate the level of play. And I expect that from Andrew Rent. I, I expect him to be a significantly better player. And the key for him is like, he's got to stay healthy, man. Mm-hmm. Got to stay healthy. And if that happens, the line can be good. They can, but it's there's some just, ifs in there. We're not going to know till we see it. You yeah, know, there's ifs in there for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think I think Gabriel, you know, in a lot of this, all all of the offensive stuff always comes back to the the offensive line. But I think Gabriel can have a more consistent year. Um, I also think that if he doesn't have a more consistent year, look out. Right, look out. Jackson Arnold's going to be right there, and I think that they're going to, I think they're going to get him involved early on, like to get him some seat time, to get him some reps, to get him ready to roll, and I, who knows what you have there. From what I've seen, he he looks fantastic. It's a very small sample size. It's not against, uh, you know, uh, live bullets, teams game planning against you, all those things, but it looks very promising. I'm not worried about the running game. I think running game is going to be great. Uh, we've got a, a stable of backs. I'm not sure who's going to be the best and who's going to take the lead, but I feel pretty good about that group. We have to have someone at wide receiver breakout, though. Like that's the that's the one real thing. But you know, I I go back to if the offensive line becomes what I hope, and our running game is as good as I think then it's going to make things way easier at wide receiver for someone to have a breakout year, big time breakout year. Yeah. If, if defenses have to commit more closer to the line of scrimmage, that makes wide receivers lives much easier. Mm-hmm. The the only other thing on these odds, Oklahoma state at plus 6,000. I feel like, I feel like some of the people in Stillwater are much higher on that team <laughs> than the odds makers, right? When, when you think about it, you look at it. I mean, they've got worse odds than UCF and Cincinnati who are coming into the league for the first year. They got worse odds than Kansas. I mean, Oklahoma state, like Mike Gundy's won a lot of football games, man. And I get it. The odds makers probably spooked by what happened. Right in, in the offseason, all the guys they lost, but dang, 11th best odds for the Cowboys. That is, they are deep on the list. They might be better at quarterback. That is Spencer. That would make Spencer Sanders very sad to hear. But the early reviews on Bowman are that he is absolutely ripping it. So that's, that's the thing. You know, and it's going to be just like 
Gundy has always done. I think he's he's one of the best I've seen. He changes the personality of his football team every year, every couple of years. You know, they've gone through this phase where they've been a really good defensive team, and that's kind of what they've played to. And now they've lost all of those, you know, those veteran guys that were on that defense that made him so good. And they were in a bit of a transition, didn't really know where to go. And now I think they're going to swing back and be a team that, you know, throws it all over the yard with Bowman. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to win the conference, but I don't think they're going to finish 11th either. Yeah, that's fair. All right, let's get to call your shot. Uh, we asked, we asked y'all, what's the best bet? When you're looking at these Big 12 championship odds, this first one comes from Matt Shiver, who says K State with their entire O line returning and their quarterback. Hard it's to pretty, argue that. Pretty simple way of looking at it, Matt. I like it. It's hard to argue that. You get them up. I, I wish you had a little bit more odds in there. Uh, plus 470 is still pretty good. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be Oklahoma versus Kansas State in the championship game is what I think. So I throw one down on both of those teams. If that's the championship game you get, you come out a winner. Yeah. All right. This other one comes from Kurt the Sooner. How about this one, Ted? He says, Emory Jones has a Heisman-like season and takes Cincinnati to the Big 12 championship Drop two hundred bucks and collect that ten k. Woo! Uh, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and let you handle that, Kurt. I, I will be not. I, I will not be putting any of my hard earned money on the Bearcats to win the Big Twelve. But I, I do feel like that team is an absolute mystery. Right? I don't know a ton about Scott Satterfield. Right? A lot of change there with Fickle getting out of there. It's just going to be a learning process with the Bearcats. I love the aggressive nature. You may convince me to drop a 20 to win a thousand, but you know, uh, 200 seems like, uh, could be a lost cause. I don't, I don't see them winning the conference, but again, I, I don't know a whole lot about their roster. Don't know a whole lot about the style of play. We're going to see from them yet. I, that's just, it's a big ask. We'll know. We'll know right away if they're for real, though. Like right out of the gate, we'll be able to tell if if Cincinnati's a legit team that's got a chance. Yeah, and that's interesting that you you kind of mentioned that because I went back and looked at one of our radio, uh, my radio show rundowns from about a year ago, and we had odds from Bet River Big Twelve Championship odds. Kansas State was plus two thousand. TCU was plus fourteen hundred. So, and neither one of them. How about that? Before the year, it was plus two thousand and plus fourteen hundred, and they played in the championship game with different starting quarterbacks, and they started the year. What are the odds of that? I I don't think you could bet on that. <laughs> Just rarely would someone that's coming from that far out of the pack, like, have a injury or something go down at quarterback. And then go win it, you know. Yeah, crazy. No, it, you need some luck, man. Yep, that's a it's an interesting sport. And fourteen team Big Twelve, one year of it. It's gonna be awesome. Can't wait. We're, it's not that far away. 
Not that far no, away. Getting there quick. Getting here really quick. quick. All right, birthday shout-outs. Welcome to the world, Matilda Marie White. Happy second birthday to Baker Charles Board. Happy 10th birthday to Bo Burke. Happy 15th birthday to Brody Bubba Smith. Happy birthday to Christian Forbes. And congrats to Aaron Walker on graduation from OU. That's awesome. Congrats on that. Yeah, congrats to all the graduates out there. Good stuff. Even Jalen Hurts. How about that? Oh, yeah. Master's degree. Yeah, the big cool. brain on that guy. Big bank account and big brain. <laughs> right. That's Good right. for him. All right, let's get to the first edition this season of Football Guys Talking Softball. It's that time of the year, said. Yes. But first, Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Love's Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch that price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Loves Connect app unlocks exclusive deals can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Loves Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Loves Travel Stops. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with their expanded mobile to-go zone. And of course, don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Hummari. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise and is the best place to get your OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. If you want to live your life in buttery soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. That's opolisclothing.com. Use the promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. And hey. You hungry out there? Of course you are. Well, then head to the garage for hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. The food is fantastic, and it is the perfect spot to watch any big game. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. All right, football guys talking softball, FGTS, Sooners Cruise. To the Big 12 tournament title, run ruled Iowa State 9 0 in five innings on Friday. Also, only allowed one hit in that one, which is, you know, sometimes you see the the, the runs, and you're like, oh, wow, they scored a lot of runs. They also, yeah, one hit, pretty good, pretty solid. Crazy. But yeah. that set up a Red River rivalry Big 12 championship game between the Sooners and the Longhorns. And well, they smacked the Longhorns around six to one. That was fun, man. That was fun to watch. No, it was uh, very good. I think what did Texas jump up first uh, with that home run, or was it one one? And it was one one. So Haley Lee hit the homer. Then they answered. Then they answered. Yeah, yeah. it was it was good. Got to see uh, some good pitching in there. Good defense as always. Good base running as always. Just a uh, a total team performance once again, man. So, first of all, and this may be stupid, right? And I know people listen to this podcast for our hard-hitting, analytics-driven softball minds, right? Mm-hmm. I really like the fact that OU was wearing quim- crimson and Texas was wearing burnt orange. I love that look, man. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Is it that, that cool? Like, yeah. Could we do that in football or would it look too weird? 
I think you could. But USC and UCLA do it right with the red and the blue, and it's like the most, it's like the most aesthetically pleasing like jersey matchup in all of sports when you see it. I don't know would it work like in the Cotton Bowl, Texas is wearing orange. Orange. I don't know why I just said the word <laughs> orange like that. And the Sooners are wearing crimson. Like that could be sweet. As long as you're not colorblind. That's true. That's what everyone says, like with the color rush games, is like for folks out there that are colorblind, especially I imagine red and burnt orange look the exact same to someone that, that's colorblind. So I was that would be the only thing I would I could say. I, I was part of uh the color rush colorblind game between the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. We wore all red, they wore yeah. all green, and right. red green colorblindness is a very real thing, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Just like watching two teams in gray play each other, I guess is how it looks. That's wild. Yeah, but, yeah. No, I other just like that. It. Yes, maybe, maybe it works in everything but football, right? I, I would yeah. like to see it in basketball. That'd be fun. Like, I, it was just a cool look, right? The crimson and the burn orange. I don't know. I just, I like especially it. in baseball and softball. It it absolutely works. Yeah, because you know, there's not a whole lot of not real interaction between the two players. Like you're not passing it. You're not going to accidentally throw it to the runner, the base right. runner. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, but yeah, that, that was a good look. I didn't even think about it at the time. I see. That's what I'm here for. That's to right. bring To bring up the important issues. But, you know, going, just thinking about that Big 12 championship game, you, you just can't make mistakes like Texas made against the Patty Gasso team. Yeah. Right. They're, you know, they got more talent than you already. You can't, I mean, Gutierrez can't, she can't throw the wild pitch. You, you can't get an out for a runner leaving first base early. Uh, you can't make, you know, a routine throw from center field, like it, turn it into a throwing air. And what was that? The sixth inning and hand Oklahoma, another run. Like you just can't do that stuff and expect to beat Oklahoma. You can't. And Texas made all of those mistakes. Now let me make something clear. I was very glad to see them make those mistakes. But yeah. you just – you can't play – you can't make sloppy mistakes like that and expect to beat this team. You just can't do that. You know, that's the benefit of being as good and as talented as Oklahoma is. Everyone else feels like they've got to – and maybe they do, but feels like they've got to make extra plays, do extra things, and step outside of their capabilities – and it leads to mistakes. It leads to leaving the base early, throwing errors, stuff like that. And Oklahoma is just steady as she goes, lean on you with great pitching, lean on you with offense, lean on you with great defense. And at some point, the other team is going to break, going to fold to the pressure, going to try and do something that they don't necessarily need to do in the moment, and it's going to cost them. That's, that's really the game plan. Whenever you're the more talented team, the more efficient team, that's the way to win games. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting point because the Sooners don't feel that pressure, right? Now, there's there's pressure with being the top dog, right? You've got the championship belt. You're back-to-back champs. Like you you know you got a target on your chest, on your back. Like you got a target all over your body, right? Mm-hmm. But they probably never feel like they have to do more than – their best, right? They yeah. they don't have to do anything extra. 
yep. to to win the game, right? That that that's they get to carry themselves with that type of confidence. Yep. It's like the routine whenever you're you're the underdog, the routine feels like like the impossible. Like you take a grounder to short and you're up against Oklahoma, the clock just speeds up in your head, right? Like I've got to go faster. I've got to I've got to make a harder throw. I've got to be quicker with my hands and you really don't and that's how you just that pressure feeling like you have to move quicker is where you make the mistakes. Well, you you may have to move a little quicker if yeah, you ball. I mean, is you on do the base on, pass. on some stuff. Yeah, she can fly, which, you know, that's another thing. They had her, they had her dead to rights at second, right? Whenever she stole, it was yeah. a great throw by the catcher. And the, and I don't know if it was the short stop that, that fielded it, but just dropped the ball. And, you know, you, instead of an out, you give, you know, you got a runner in scoring position now. Yeah. I mean, Jordy Balkin, she can fly. Yeah. That's fun to watch. Like, she's a really good pitcher, but she might be better at running. Like yeah. she she could go, but you you mentioned the pitching. Other than what well, Nicole May made one mistake, right? Yeah. Mi- missed the location badly on the home run she gave up. But other than that, the combination of May and Ball in the circle. I mean, I'm no I'm no softball expert, but they looked dominant. And also, it seems like they caused a really I don't know. I don't know if it's abnormal or not, but there were so many pop outs from Texas. I felt like there was a like ten of them just I, flies I into the infield, like just straight up in the air. I don't know. I maybe that's part of the game plan. Yeah, I don't. Maybe that's you know some some pitches you can get a ground out. Some pitches you can get a pop. Pitches you can get a pop up. Maybe that's something that they were throwing a a rise ball or something and, and getting some of those pop ups. I don't know, but. Yeah, I, I thought that, and it's hard to tell on the broadcast because the camera is is not straight down the middle. But I felt like Nicole May was just was not getting the edge of the plate on the right side, and maybe it was just the camera. But a lot of those, I'm like, gosh, how is? And it looked like her and the catcher were thinking the same thing. But I thought a lot of those, like she just wasn't getting that that pitch. And I think it forced her to maybe end up putting a little more down the middle on some where she usually would be throwing a little further on the outside. Yeah, no, but it just you think about the lineup in that game. I mean, all the firepower that's in the top four of that lineup, right? Uh, Coleman, Jennings, Sanders, Lions, zero hits from that group, and you win six to one. Crazy, right? It's, n- it's nice to have talent and depth. <laughs> I mean, and just it's it's very it's very very nice. But uh, love the fact that OU fans are still mad at Mike White. He deserves it. Keep booing that man. That is so funny <laughs> to me. It's so so funny. But now, we're recording this before the selection show, and we are we are working diligently with our man Patrick Dunn there, the SID for so- SID for softball. We were working diligently to get Patty Gasso on the podcast before before the postseason starts. But, Ted, I am fairly confident that OU is going to be the number one overall seed. They're going to host a regional there in Norman, and they will be the heavy favorite in said regional. I, I'm, I know I'm going out on a limb 
right? Because the selection show hasn't happened yet, but I feel pretty good about that one. Yeah. And definitely going to host a regional and a super regional. Yep. Um, Here's what's interesting. I believe if they continue to win out the last game they ever play at Marita Hines field will break the all-time record for win streak. Break the UCLA record. Right. Nice. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Worked out pretty good. That's why they threw that game against Baylor, uh, back in the regular season. So the, so it all matched up perfectly, right? Create some drama. (laughs) No, I think that that math is right. So that would be like, if you could pull that off, that would be really cool. Yeah, no doubt. All right. We will be doing some, some more football guys talking softball, uh, over this next month or so, because that time people of year. this time of the year that's what that's what the people want they want softball man that's right it's crazy what this program has become like <laughs> it is the un it is the unchallenged number two most popular sport for this fan base they love it and i love that they love it so guess what we're gonna give them what they want we're gonna talk some more softball awesome can't wait all right let's finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend but first Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics where they've won over 100 state championships, and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And attention, business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? Double winner of the weekend. First of all, shout out Jinx High School. My niece, they get it done. Soccer state championship. Knock off the number one team in the country. What? North. Yeah, and got the uh, got the W Friday evening. So uh, congratulations to them. Very very cool. Um, but Coach Stoops, mm. Renegades getting it done as the uh, the underdog going in two playoff wins, big time wins, underdog in both of them. Get the championship. Bob Stoops has had more Gatorade baths than any other coach in history. I think from all kinds of different leagues and. And like 
got a Gatorade bath at the Alamo Bowl and he wasn't even the coach of the team. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, but very fun. That was a that was a fun game to watch. They jumped out to a nice early lead. Defense forced what three turnovers and I think uh, they had or three interceptions and uh, they had only what thrown one or two interceptions the whole year uh, had DC. So just a really really fun game. Yeah, and a an unconventional path to a championship, right? Wild, right? But they were four and six in the ten game regular season. Four and six and traded for a linebacker for their quarterback halfway through the year. Did you watch much of the game? I watched the entire thing. So I had nothing else to watch. I I was shocked by what I heard from uh Louis Perez, like his path to get where he is. It's crazy. So he never played high school football he he was he played as a on the jv team in like ninth grade was a tight end didn't want to play tight end quit he was an elite bowler and was going to get a bowling scholarship as uh, one does what, right as, for whatever reason that didn't work out which by the way let me back up he's the son his dad was on the mexican national team uh in mexico soccer um so he decides to walk on to a junior college and his ninth string quarterback, all right, fights his way, stays there, ends up taking over the starting job after transfers and injury, plays really well, ends up going to Texas A&M Commerce uh, after he's done with junior college, Division II school, wins a Division II national championship, wins the Harlan Hill Trophy, which is a Division II Heisman Trophy. It's just a crazy – has played on in every pro football league that there is in the country. It's just a really cool story, man. I, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, and now The Rock is handing him the trophy. It's just wild. It's so cool, man. I'm, it, I was happy for him. It, it was. A, it was a really entertaining game. Yeah, I think – I think the XFL, I really think that's an entertaining product. It is. I like the rule set is really good. I mean, it you've got you got ability to come back in games whenever you're down fairly big. Yeah. You can chew up the score pretty quick. You can like I don't know what the conversion rate is. It's 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 not high, but you know, you've got a better opportunity, I think, than than the onside kick. It's there's some good stuff there for sure. Yeah. And I I really enjoyed watching that game. Like it, I, I thought the announcers did a great job, right? I, I thought McElroy yep. did did a good job. Like it, it felt like a it felt like a big deal watching it. Yep. You know what I mean? The broadcast was great. You know the turnover, like it just the underdog beating the heavy favorite. It was, it was I, a fun championship game. And I actually, typically, I wouldn't care, but for whatever reason, I actually enjoyed like some of the sideline interviews like during the game, like whenever DC's trying to make a comeback and they score a touchdown, I think it was Abram Smith on that long run yeah, and got him on the sideline. I think it was Kublik had him. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because you don't know what they're going to say in that moment. And I don't know. It just, it was entertaining. Yeah. I like friend of the podcast, Cole Kublik. He he's crushed that. That's not an easy role. Like, interviewing those guys 
just coming off the field right after making a big play, being able to compose yourself, yep. get them composed. And he he's done an awesome job with all of that. Yep. It's not as easy as it looks. So overall, that was a really entertaining football game and our coach won. So I'm happy. Yep. That was cool. That was very, very cool. All right. Who do you have as your loser of the weekend? Easy. John Morant. Uh, oh my suspended. Gosh. Was the Instagram live with another uh, with another gun uh, in the passenger seat of a of a vehicle? Listen to some music, excited like most people do when they get excited and hear a song they like. They pull out a gun on Instagram live, right? <laughs> Is that the thing to do now? Oh man, I uh, I it sucks. What's it he doing? Sucks. It's I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I I can understand a lot of people's like because because part of the argument out there is like, well, I mean he's he's got the right to to carry a gun as long as it's registered and, and wherever he is, he's following the local rules. Um yeah, there there's no doubt about that, but you have to understand on from his standpoint how much something like that can cost you. And I don't know, maybe he didn't know his buddy was filming it, put it on Instagram Live, which, you know, still, it's like that's going to cost him millions of dollars, millions. I don't even know how much it's going to cost him, but it's, you know, as much as he makes, you don't have to miss very many games before you're down a milli. Yeah, remember – and remember, he got in trouble and got suspended by the NBA the first time, right? The video of him with it was in the strip club in Denver. Right. But right? that was after the allegations that him and his crew pulled it and pointed a laser pointer. at. It. They said it was, was it the Pacers? Yeah. And, and remember, let's not forget him punching, the, what was it, like a 17-year-old kid at his house and then pointing a gun at him. Right. Yep threatening a mall security guard, like all this stuff. I There's a history. I think John Morant's just kind of a bad dude. I think that's where I'm at with it. Like the, for him to do something, like, do you know how incredibly selfish this is? The, the Memphis Grizzlies signed him to a $194 million deal. And he seems determined to piss it all away. And well, you talk about the fall from grace, man. A year ago at this time, John Morant was one of the most, I mean, one of the most well-liked guys. I mean, anyone that was associated with the NBA was like, dude, that guy's awesome. He's so fun to watch. He's must-see TV. Like, he's worth the price of admission. And now he's going to get a long suspension for this. And I, Nike just, they just came out with this signature shoe. And they backed him through the first thing. Yeah. Are they going to back him again through this? I didn't. How much money will that cost him? I, I would. What I is would, he doing? I don't know. And it's. It's all for like, it's all for looks. His it's friends, who, looks. who's the guy that's go, do on the Instagram live? Like you got to have one guy in that car. That goes, 
Hey, Jaws in the car. We're not going to do that. I feel like when I the first time I watched it, I feel like like because he like had it on himself and he's doing his thing, and then he points it over there, and that's whatever he had the gun out, and I feel like he like threw the phone down like at his waist or something. It was like, oh my god, no! Why would you do that? <laughs> John Moran, he he's got to make smarter decisions, but I think he needs some better friends too. Yeah. For sure. I mean, who knows? I mean, the Grizzlies have already suspended him. Who knows what the league is going to do? Can you imagine you're Adam Silver? Remember that whole thing? He went to the treatment facility in Florida. He was there for a couple of days. And then he was back. And there was, they got him reacclimated, all that stuff. There was a buildup to it, but. Adam Silver had to feel like, okay, we've handled that. It's done. We're moving on. And for him to do it again. Yeah. And and I don't know, like, for, for the NBA, because in the NFL, there's a pretty uh, conduct detrimental to the team is like a pretty broad, you know, statement. They can fit pretty much anything into that. So I don't know if it's similar in the NBA or if there's a specific like gun situation. Like there's there is obviously on guns at the facility and at the at the you know arena on game day, but I don't know like what type of rules they have as far as social media is, is concerned and stuff like that. But they're gonna throw whatever they can at him. I would imagine he, he is, he's obviously the face of that franchise, right? And they, the Grizzlies, everyone involved, they got to be pissed, man. I mean, yeah. absolutely pissed that like you learn from your mistakes, man. You're taught that as a little kid, like, Hey, you made the mistake. Okay. We've addressed it. You just don't do it again. <laughs> I mean, the playoffs aren't even over. <laughs> And now everyone in the world is talking about it. Yeah. I, I truly believe with the way that he plays, the personality he's got, like how much he connected with younger fans, right? Who really keep up with the NBA through, you know, Instagram and TikTok and that stuff. Like John Moran is, I mean, he's, he's, he's perfect for all that stuff. I think the NBA really like he was going to be one of the faces of the league and he has screwed it up royally. What what are the kids? Say? He has fumbled the bag, Ted. <laughs> the bag was secured and it still is unless the Grizzlies are really, really mad. But I mean, think of all the endorsement money he's losing. All the jersey yeah. sales he's losing. Like you used to walk in and say, Yeah, I want my kid to have a John Morant jersey. Now you're walking in going, Oh, I don't know about that. Well, the real thing is I the like for me, it doesn't really it doesn't change my opinion of him. Definitely not as a basketball player. I I it makes me think he's just he's an idiot right that he's just willingly throwing a ton of money away i i don't know 
like the the thought is that if he constantly is doing this, is constantly in like sketchy places, and you know he's carrying a gun, obviously he's got a gun on him at all times. If you happen to see him, or you're about to get in a scuffle with the guy somewhere, you got to remember that. Um, but it feels like there's something like it's just a matter of time before something actually really bad does happen, right? Like that's the thing that I'm worried about him for. Like, is it the end of the world that he's dancing in the car with a gun? No, it's not. But it just feels like this is leading to a very dangerous place for him. Yeah. And I, I, I read this earlier. The guy who's, I think his name's Devontae Pack. I think that's right. Was the guy that was Instagram living. That's the guy that got banned from FedEx Forum for the whole thing after the game with the Pacers. You're hanging with the guy that got banned from your arena. And you're going, he's going on Instagram live. And you're waving a gun in the air. Like, dude, what? Crazy. Just next level stupidity. Make of what? $40 million a year. Maybe, maybe not. I did. All right. That yeah. number's already go all right for next year. That number is already dropping significantly. So he makes a million every two games. Uh, he's probably going to miss. I, I mean, I don't even know. What would you guess? 15 game suspension? 10? I could see it being. I, I got to imagine Adam Silver and the leadership there in the NBA. They're like, okay, the eight game suspension. It didn't get through to you. How's 25? Woo. I well, I got to imagine they're royally pissed there. off. And remember, this is happening during the playoffs. Like this all broke right before game 7 between the Celtics and 76ers. You got to imagine they this is the last thing they wanted to happen going into a really big playoff game. Now right. everyone's talking about Ja that's Morant the, waving a gun around again. Yeah. Yep. I guarantee you those guys are hot. Like, oh, okay, so the eight games that that did not send the message. Yeah, I. It's going to be very interesting to see how the league handles it. That's for sure. I know. Come on, man. Figure it out, it. man. You're incredible it. at basketball. Don't do this. Stop it. Stop being. Stop. I'll. I'll say what I say to my son. Stop being silly. Don't be. It's a, <laughs> Don't be come silly. on. Don't be silly. Uh, All right, let's get to my – I really hope he figures it out because he is – I mean, he he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Yeah. Don't let don't let this stuff derail it, man. Come on. Come on. Let's reel it back in. Let's reel, reel it back it in. in. It's not too late. Uh, all right, let's get to my winner and loser. But first – John Vance Auto Group has been serving Oklahomans for 40 years. Family-owned and operated, they got nine full-service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way, which is why they have their lifetime loyalty program. Here's how it works. Buy a new or used car from the Vance dealership. 
And if something goes wrong with the components of your engine, transmission, drive, axle, or transfer unit, they cover the repair costs. It's a great deal. You can browse their entire inventory or find the John Vance dealership near you at vanceautogroup.com. And First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more, they do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. Ladies and gentlemen, make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. All right, for my winner of the weekend, thought about going with Washington Commanders fans because it's happening. Are we it's sure happening. this time? It, it, sounds, it sounds like the deal is done. Now, the, the other owners in the league still have to vote on it, right? But Dan Snyder is officially selling the team for the low, low price of $6.05 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. To a group led by Josh Harris, who is a co-owner of the 76ers and New Jersey Devils. But it's happening. Commanders fans have to be thrilled. No more Dan Snyder. Congratulations, Commanders fans. Yep, that's uh that's big time. And I know people like there's been it's it's been a weird dynamic because I feel like the entire uh commanders fan base has hated their owner for such a long time. It's unbelievable. Weird. Yeah. And now we'll see how it goes once he's out, right? Yeah. We'll see. Uh, also thought about going with the Tennessee Titans. Did you see their schedule release video? Oh, just beautiful. Oh, that, now there are a lot of good ones, but that one was my favorite one, right? Just drunk people on Broadway there in Nashville saying the logos. It was just, it was, it was so good. I, what was better? All the people thinking that the Colts logo is the Cowboys logo. I can only imagine how mad Jerry Jones was seeing that. Like he's built this whole thing, this whole empire around that star. And they all see the little horseshoe from the Colts and all of them. Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys. Oh, that's the Cowboys. (laughs) Oh, so good. But I also thought there was the one girl, they showed the Falcons logo and she was like the red stallions. Uh, that's that so was. funny, and I love that the Falcons played along and changed their uh, their Twitter bio to the Red Stallions. So good, <laughs> funny. That's awesome. Yeah. I love those. But my winner of the weekend, the Las Vegas Raiders. Ah, Ted. Okay. If you could pick any former NFL player to become a minority owner in your team, if you were a player on that team, who are you picking? Who are you like? It it's it's a good thing if this guy's on board with us. Michael Irvin. Oh man, I did not see that coming. <laughs> no, I I think it. You got to go with Tom Brady, right? It's, go. it's Tom Brady, best winner ever, and he reportedly is in deep discussions to become a limited partner in the Las Vegas Raiders franchise. Now, according to ESPN. Brady's investment is expected to be a passive role. So a hands-off role. I'll believe that when I see it, right? I'll believe that when I see it. What Mark Davis just is going to ask him for no advice. Okay. Yeah. What? Like he's the only rich guy he knows, right? (laughs) So come on. What's, what's the point? 
Yeah, you get, but you at, get rich people anywhere to invest in the Raiders. Yeah, but at the very least, it looks like you're going to have the greatest winner in the history of the sport in the fold, right? And it seems like him having any association with the franchise would be good for business, right? When, from a PR and marketing standpoint, maybe you let him sell some Brady Brand stuff in the in the stadium. I I don't know, but. It feels like Las Vegas Raiders fans, they like need a win. They need a win. And this feels like a, a small win for him that Tom Brady could be on board here. Yeah. Maybe he's going to be owner player. Come back. You know, quarterback. Do you imagine Jimmy Garoppolo's reaction to this? Like, really, man? Come on. Really? The guy that won't quit is now affiliated with the Raiders. Seriously? Yeah. I, hey, I think it's awesome. I think that. I frankly think that Tom Brady would be an excellent, like, I, I, I maybe not go as far as saying GM, but like someone that's in the office making some decisions, like what you should do, like how you should structure things, like what type of guys you want to bring in. And I don't know. I think there's a, like a really solid role there that he could have if he wanted, but who wants that when you can make thirty million dollars a year calling one game a week? Isn't that yeah. crazy? Yeah, and I guess from the reports I read, it will not affect uh, affect his broadcast deal with Fox. I guess Fox gave it their blessing, right? But yes, ten year, three hundred seventy five million dollar deal is what he allegedly signed with Fox to call games. Which is just absurd, but hey, it's the it's it's throwing away money, and I'm not saying that Tom Brady's not going to be good. He may be the greatest ever, but it will not affect the ratings one bit. They could have anyone they want calling that game, and it's going to be the exact same. My my guess is that. Tom Brady, like the value that comes with that contract for Fox is they go meet with potential sponsors and Tom Brady comes. Yeah, probably. You want to sponsor X, Y, or Z in the broadcast? Yeah. Talk to our friend Tom. That makes sense. Yeah. Maybe uh, that's just my, and I'm just assuming. It makes the product. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way. I that does affect things. Now, most people in that business, typically it's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Show me the ratings. Like, you yeah. know, but I, I do think that that is an excellent point that that, I think that does matter, but it, and maybe because there are some reports out there that maybe Tom Brady doesn't do the broadcasting gig at all. And maybe now with his, you know, his investment in the Raiders, maybe Greg Olson sitting there going, Oh yeah, I'm gonna be the big cheese, baby. I'm gonna be number one. Keep keep doing other stuff, Tommy boy. Yeah, I don't while I love Greg and I think he does a great job, I don't think he's gonna slide into that $375 million contract. No. <laughs> no. And he knows that. He I knows know. that. I that's how how unbelievably rich do you have to be to turn your nose up? at a contract like that is I, that not insane i don't it's probably is 
Is that more than he's ever made in a year? Thirty-seven million playing football. Oh yeah, right. Because remember, he always he always he took always, a little less in like England. Fifteen for the longest time. Yeah. I don't. Maybe he lost a lot in the FTX thing. I know, but still, like, <laughs> if, if that was the case, he'd be like, where do I sign? Let's get rolling on this thing. Actually, can you uh, front me some of that contract? Yeah. I I don't know much, but I don't think Tom Brady is worried about his finances. No. I think he's good. But no. we'll see. We'll see where this all goes. All right, for my loser of the weekend, the Golden State Warriors. Season was on the on the line in L.A. against the Lakers. And they got waxed. 122-101. Lakers never trailed in the game. Now, as a Thunder fan, clearly I am I am not heartbroken that the Golden State Warriors got eliminated. But I was pretty damn surprised that they went out that way. Yeah. And, and, and maybe I should give the Lakers some more credit. But I expected the Warriors to put up a little more of a fight than that. I was sitting there, Ted. It was getting late. I was sitting there going, I'm staying up. The run's coming. They're going to make it interesting. And it never came. Never yeah. came. And it, there, there's a lot of uncertainty moving forward, moving forward with that Golden State squad. It was just, it was weird to see it just end like that in that fashion. Yeah. And I, it seems to be a very, uh, a large and growing group of folks out there that believe that the Lakers are straight up going to the finals. So I mean it's hard to it's hard to really knock that right now. I mean we'll see Denver's definitely gonna have something to say about it, but uh like they're they're really good. But you know, momentum is a hell of a thing and you know, they look the Lakers look like a different team right now than they did pretty much the entire year. Yeah. I am I'm taking the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals, which, by the way, I'm fired up for. I just I trust Jokic more than anyone, right? In, yep. in, in the series, I, I really do. And you know, we'll see what Anthony Davis looks like, right? That's you know, the the Lakers kind of go as he goes with the way that he he performs in these games. But LeBron James, man, very good at basketball. Yeah, in the elimination game, thirty nine and nine. That'll work. Austin Reeves continues. He's hitting half-court shots now. He continues the ball, man. It's fun to watch. It's so fun to watch him have this much success. It's crazy, and I and I, I don't know who it was from. I just happened to be scanning Twitter last night, and there was a lot of comments that saying, like, they've really never seen LeBron trust anyone like at guard like he trusts Austin Reeves out there, which is – a crazy thing to say, but he's backed it up, man. He's been, he's been great. Very, very good. It's awesome to watch him out there, man. He's, he's got confidence. He is, uh, he has never doubted that he belongs there, which is, which is cool to see. Yeah. The, and the confidence is growing yep. too. You can just see it, but yeah, I, I, I do wonder what's going to happen with the Warriors, right? It, it feels like forever. They have been, a significant factor in the picture of the NBA, right? And I I know Steph Curry is going to be there, but 
Man, they got a lot of decisions to make this offseason. First and foremost, Bob Myers, their GM, his contract's expiring. Yeah. Clay Thompson's up for an extension. Uh, Draymond Green has a player option. Jordan Bull's new deal hasn't kicked in yet. Kicks in next year. Yikes. Guy was basically unplayable in a couple of those games against the Lakers. Then you have to consider all the stuff with the new CBA and how uh, the, you know, the punishment for exceeding the luxury tax and like that second apron. Like there's all this stuff that the Warriors are about to have to deal with. A lot of uncertainty. So and they're all older, you know. Yeah. It's, What's it's, Steph Curry, 35? It's not to say that they're not playing really good ball still, but it's just it's not the same as it was five years ago with those guys where everyone was like right in the middle of their prime together. You know, Clay Clay Thompson's had the injury stuff that's really stacked up and just become more and more difficult. And they've had a big target on them for a long time. And that 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 changes things. So yeah, man. You win you win so much that you gotta pay everyone and you end up finding yourself in a tough spot. I I know that I know the new luxury tax rules, like the penalties that come with exceeding it and doing all that stuff. I know that it's supposed to make the league more competitive across the board, right? You can't just that then the super rich owners can't just, you know, overspend and overspend and overspend and not worry about the luxury tax uh, check they're having to write. But, and I, and this is not an original thought. I've heard many people talk about it, but I would like to see organizations like if you draft guys and you have them for as long as Golden State has had them and has retained them, like there should be a little something to where you can continue to retain those guys and, and pay them a lot. I, I I don't know what it would look like, but it, I'm just starting to think about the Thunder's future, right? Like the so longer I, a player's there. Like at some point, his full contract, it's like it's doesn't count all the way against the cap or something like that. You know what I mean? Like like instead of like it's 85 percent. If you've if you've been there for you you call it the loyalty tax or something, right? you know, where, hey, if you retain your guys that you drafted and developed, I don't know. I feel like I feel like you should get rewarded for that in some form or fashion. Yeah, I'm not smart enough to figure it out, but. Because it is, it it does end up being more of a, like you add all of these other pieces, you know, really good players at above market cost to get them in for a year or two to be able to, to, you know, to try and make a championship run or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Figure it out, NBA. Especially I'm just scheming how, we can hold on to Jalen Williams, the really good one, for a long, long time. It's like, hey, let's, let's, it'll be the next CBA. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> right, right. On that note, episode 317 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that will drop on Wednesday. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me from 2 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, channel 375. Hope you all have a great week. And until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.
just one more time.